Hey everyone, Elizabeth, your editor-in-chief here. A quick note, uh, we won't have our opening and closing music this episode because we have lost access to our very big external hard drive that holds all of that good, good content that we use to make the episodes. Uh, the episode will proceed as planned. We've got some cool points in there. We talk a lot about Venom for some reason, uh, but I just want to let you know that next episode we should be back to normal. Thanks, and enjoy the app. All right, so... I know I said this before, but I will say it again. They they overshot on the new Venom movie. What do you mean overshot? They overshot. If they had just made it an hour and a half of Tom Hardy and a black goo uh, enacting various odd couple scenarios in an apartment in downtown, downtown San Francisco, I, I, I would have accepted that. And then, you know, maybe... Uh, you know, 15 minutes with the end of the movie, Carnage shows up. He looks really cool. You put all the cool shots in, and they defeat him very easily, and then go right back to watching Netflix and eating pad thai. Yeah, you understand that that really wouldn't be a movie, right? Sure, it is. It's called Slice of Life. <laughs> yeah, Slice of Life in a superhero movie. That's the now. If they did a TV show, if they did a Venom show, I would be okay with that. Again, indie movies exist, and they don't have true endings either. But Sony is not an independent producer. Oh, is this a Sony joint too? Yeah, it's still Sony. Okay, sorry. I, this is going to be one of the last Sony that that Sony does. Oh, I know that just because we're talking about a Sony film for the actual episode i was just excited to the whole thing is sony sony's not sponsoring this but we're talking about a sony film in the opening and a sony film in the middle and then a sony film at the oh end. yeah i forgot that it is sony <laughs> yeah so, sorry about that no, the product the very subtle product placement really keeps it real subtle uh no i know they keep doing subtle. that it's very subtle guys i'm sure your laptops are very nice uh, but no, I think that there is a market for this because they aren't under the Marvel umbrella. They they are out in the rain. Marvel won't <laughs> in let association them under, with Marvel. They won't let them under the umbrella. This this is their chance to go crazy, kill some spiders, and just be about uh doing simple chores around the house. We talk all the time about how there should be more like happily married people on television. It shouldn't you know it should be more about married people. I think there's a market for this. <laughs> I'm not saying we can't have a superhero movie that is more slice of life, but I think that's what we're going to get with the Modoc show, not a full-blown... You hear that, guys? You could be doing the Disney Plus thing, too. If only Marvel would let you under the umbrella, you could have a Venom show on the network, because absolutely, that's going to happen, guys, and Deadpool absolutely is going to be R-rated. Don't oh, it is. It, it is 100% going to be R-rated. They aren't going to release it, release it on Disney Plus, then. That that oh, train... Maybe. They that, that's, that's difficult. If the Kitty Winks are in any way available to watch it on accident when Mommy's taking a nap, it, it's not going on Disney Plus. <laughs> I can see that being a better show than a movie. I mean, and maybe the whole concept of this specific Venom, um, not necessarily Venom in total, but just this uh, specific uh, iteration of Venom could be a good TV show. I mean, I didn't think I would like watching a TV show about Wanda and Vision, and it's one of the best TV shows I've seen in a long time. I didn't think we were going to get a sequel to Venom, to be quite honest. I thought <laughs> Woody Harrelson was going to die in that prison with that funny wig on his head. Like <laughs> <laughs> Throwing some shade. Maybe not on Woody himself, but the, the at least the production designers or costume and department. I don't. I don't. I say that as a character design, that worked really well. I was unnerved by this man. Well, it worked very well. But could I take him seriously? 
You know who I can take seriously? Who? She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married to, to the, the idea. idea. The podcast you can always take seriously. Hello. Welcome Hello. back. Hello. Take a seat. Why don't you take a seat? Pull up a chair. We've got a couple cats. Let them get on your lap. Don't worry. They'll sit next to the fire. We'll get you a nice cognac. Oh, yeah. Be careful. It's hot. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Why is the cognac hot? uh, It's called a hot toddy, Aaron. My bartending skills are failing me because I don't think that's what is in a hot toddy. While you debate between that, why don't I take you to the plug party? Do it. You can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can follow us... Where can they follow us? Well, Facebook. On Facebook and on our website, marriagetheidea.weebly.com. You can also join us on Patreon. We post our episodes one day early and other exclusive content if you are a subscribing member. Patreon.com slash idea. Our episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. And why don't you go ahead and give us a rating while you are there. Uh, let us know how Dude. we're doing. Yeah. If you can't uh, tell us how we're doing monetarily, why don't you do it with your words? It costs nothing to leave us a review. Cowards, you won't do it. <laughs> Except the challenge that we are putting forth. Anyway... It is May, the month of machines. <laughs> Does that mean we're going to do the next review is going to be something with machines as well? Absolutely not. It's a one time only thing. Okay. I would actually love to do a mermaid movie for Mermaid. I would love to <laughs> oh, do Splash. Wh- Splash with uh, young Tom Hanks. Or the 13th year. Oh my God, I remember that movie. You really think he's turning into a mermaid? Merman. It's amazing how I can quote those Disney Channel movies. Dude, the Disney Channel original movies were no joke. No joke. Luck of the Irish had Lassie from Psych as a bad guy. Um, 13th Year had, uh, oh, that kid was in something else. And then like the Million Dollar Hot Dog Challenge or Baking Challenge, that was a good movie. And then I'm not even going to talk. You know, Halloween Town is a lot of people's favorites. I didn't watch that until recently. I'm not even going to mention Brink because that's what got me into inline skating. Uh, Xenon Girl, the 21st century. Oh, that was cool. Zoom, zoom, zoom. All right. Maybe we will do some Disney Channel movies eventually. Yeah, maybe we'll just do like, uh, I've been wanting to do a a series on the show called uh, Hidden Mickeys where we just find like the more obscure Disney stuff and talk about it. Well, obscure. I mean, at this point, things that are obscure are no longer obscure. Uh, Well, today we're talking about the Cinderella story of animation comebacks from the dust and decay of the Emoji movie. Sony emerges not with one, but two amazing 2D slash 3D animated movies. And we are talking today about the most recent one of these, The Mitchells versus The Machines. Also, a hot toddy is made with whiskey or bourbon. Oh, good. I was going to worry about that forever. I knew you would. <laughs> so this is kind of a, a game changer for Sony. It's It proves that Spider-Verse wasn't a fluke. And thank God, because I am so excited for the sequel. And I think this is what we talked about when we discussed Klaus all those years ago. That if the industry could figure out how to combine 2D sensibilities with the efficiency of 3D animation, we could see some real quality programming. And this is definitely, um, I would say this is following very much in the footsteps of Into the Spider-Verse because Klaus was a lot more integration of 2D with 3D, whereas 
uh, Into the Spider-Verse and this are more 3D with 2D mentalities. You can see that in the use of textures, things are not super polished. You can see it in these uh, faint drawn outlines that we see on the edges of our characters. Uh, you can even see it in the animation styles. I was reading some fun articles about this from an animation blog, and they were talking about how the characters are animated in that looser, squatch and stretch sort of mold, whereas backgrounds and environmental objects aren't. And the reason that they noticed the difference was because the car that they all drive in is animated more like the characters than like an environmental object, as if to say that it too is a quote unquote character in this world has its own unique identity which i think it does considering what a pivotal role it plays in the climax it does um and we'll try to stay pretty spoiler free for the uh first half and then i mean as usual we're probably not going to get into too many spoilers because i don't think it's necessary like where it was with like falcon and winter soldier and uh, wandavision so um this is a movie is available on netflix currently and you should absolutely go ahead and check it out. Um, there's a couple of things that I thought we could discuss. Uh, reading through reviews for this, I thought there were a couple points we could try to refute or agree with. And knowing Aaron, he'll probably do the opposite of whatever I say. So we'll have some fun here. <laughs> I mean, I've, we've got to make this exciting. <laughs> um, so, so real quick, before we get into that, I want to go through the s- list of Sony uh, animation movies because they're kind of hit and miss. So I'm just going to kind of quickly go through these movies so first one was Open Season, terrible movie. Woof, that's what they started their animation studio with? Yes, and Ashton Kutcher and freaking, uh, what's his face? Um, oh, oh, it's got to be David Spade. No, no, no. Uh, oh, hang on, it was giving me a synopsis. It, it played a deer with one horn. Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. And Ashton Kutcher as that deer. And they oh made like gosh. four or five of these. It's ridiculous. So this is like their spirits, Dino the Cimarron, where they just kept making stealth sequels to the thing without without anyone knowing? I would put it more into the, and this is going to hurt me, um, Land Before Time, where they made, Ooh. like, Land Before Time 21. <laughs> little search foot, for Litterfoot socks. <laughs> Littlefoot goes to college. Um, <laughs> so they go from open season to surfs up, which... I know a lot of people didn't like, but I personally really liked. It's one of Aaron's favorites. Do you remember? Do you remember that that t- period in history where every movie was a penguin movie? March the Penguins came out, and then it was Happy, Happy Feet, Feet, Surfs Up, and uh, there was at least one or two others. Oh, I know. Just it was a weird time. Hollywood follows trends so weird, you guys. Yeah, they pick up. They like they see what's coming up, and then so they try. This to This movie was really good. What was good about it? The Penguins. Are you sure it wasn't like the pacing or the drama or the cinematography? Not Penguins. Banging. Um, so next up is Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which we've talked uh, about on the show. Love. And then the Smurfs. Yeah. Do they also, after doing Smurfs 2, do Smurfs The Lost World, where they the Lost did Village? an animation? Yes, they did. Ah, uh, fantastic. Okay, okay, so they tried. Yeah, they tried. <laughs> they tried to make up for their sins. Um, but they did make up for this sin with Arthur Christmas. Oh, that's right. So there are a lot of like... It's kind of real up and down, like even real quickly up and down. Because after Arthur Christmas is the Pirates Band of Mitch, uh, Misfits, mm-hmm. which was in association with Ardman Studios or Ardman Animations. And it was a stop motion. But Ar- Ardman hasn't really done as much stop motion because of that movie particularly. I don't remember it being that bad, but I don't remember much of that movie either. So it's kind of a back and forth on there. Um the next is Hotel Transylvania. Love. Which I see some influences in their animation uh, for Mitchell's versus the Machines in this. Quick thing about 
Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. Uh, this I got from another reviewer that said it's like, oh, gosh, you're right. Uh, Hotel Transylvania starts off with the movie being ostensibly about our young female protagonist who wants to explore and see the world and then somehow ends up being about her father and her boyfriend in this weird struggle about who will have for exert force and dominance over her. Yeah, you you read it again, and you're like, shouldn't this be about the character who's trying to make the big decisions, and instead it becomes about these two men learning to let go of her? Mitchell's in the Machines does not do that. No. It doesn't take the focus away from the character who's essentially our protagonist and give it to the dad, because that's a more comfortable demographic people to accept. I would say they split it, but they don't split it evenly. I want to say it's between like 60 and 70% and 30 and 40%. Um, it is definitely about the both of them and then the other characters as well in a much smaller aspect, but it's definitely about both of them, uh, the father and the daughter. Um, but then you go into Smurfs 2, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, Hotel Transylvania 2, very, like a lot of um, repeat uh, or uh, it was, sequels. It was sequel year. I I know this. Every studio, every studio has a sequel year where they're all yeah, just Yeah, 2013 sequels. was their sequel year, and then 2015 was Hotel Transylvania 2. Um, then they followed it up with, could have been better, Goosebumps, mm-hmm. um, Smurfs Lost Village, which I haven't seen that yet. Um, I've heard it's better than the first two, but when you set the bar that low... I mean, yeah. Um, then, of course, the Emoji Movie. Yep. Uh, then the star. Uh, the Christmas Movie. Yes, inspired by the Nativity of Jesus. Boy, it feels like that should be a far back movie. Like that should, that should be a 2010 movie. Looking at that movie. Hang on, I'm actually going to pull that up on Wikipedia here. <laughs> and then Peter Rabbit. I just saw the preview for this movie, and I'm just like, this looks terrible. I like. Uh, what's his face? A little. I have seen the poster for this. This is just a, hey, let's throw a bunch of big, medium to big names into a movie again. And a try very to do something. Funny. A very early two thousands yes. sort of trend to just put big name people, not even voice actors, big name people in cute animal roles and just let them run. Yeah, and Peter Rabbit's kind of similar, but they tried something different with live action mixed with three D. All uh um. The Easter Bunny movie with James Marsden. The Sonic movie with James Marsden. Interesting, that. Okay. Um, James Corden. I like James Corden. But do we you need really? to get over James Corden. Because I haven't seen anything I liked him in. Uh, Doctor Who, and I've seen him do a couple of performance things, like stage-wise or like skit-wise. Oh, so before funny. he got big. Okay, good. Yes. Very similar to, like for me, Zoe Deschanel and, um, oh, there's another actor that this happened to um i'm forgetting who um hotel transylvania 3 that one i liked it it was it, I had it, fun. The, the whole story was meh but i really really liked the ship captain played by katherine hahn mm-hmm. just good. just love i mean how has how has she not gotten bigger i'm so happy she's in the mcu now because she's doing such a great job but uh but that that she was the best part of that movie in her interactions with Rack. I think that was the best part. Jim Gaffigan has the the disembodied head of uh, what's his face was it was funny, but it wasn't funny enough. Um, so then uh, you have Goosebumps two, and then Spider Man into the Spider Verse, <sighs> Angry Birds movie two. Oh yeah, we can we skip that. over Angry we, Birds. Th- are you sure? No. S- Oh my god. 
they picked it up. Yeah, because someone else did Angry Birds first. That was they, a, they may have like just distributed. I thought that was Illumination, honestly. It was a co-production, so maybe they picked up the co-production because Illumination wasn't involved with it. No, it was Blue Sky, wasn't it? And then Blue Sky went under mm-hmm. or was bought. Anyway, okay. So, oh, because yeah, that makes sense because of the char- or the. I'm pretty sure that's. <laughs> no, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Either so, which way. So we have our list of Sony so animated films. There was another movie that came out in 2021, but I ha- I didn't hear about it until like this last week or two. Um, Wish Dragon, which doesn't look terrible, but definitely looks like it's a little bit of a knockoff of Raya and the Last Dragon, where Raya has like a full story, you know, steeped in um, mythology and, uh, you know, almost an Avatar-esque in- inspiration. Wish Dragon is... Let's take this really old character and put it in modern times, as if we haven't had thirty movies like that already. Boy, I really do not like that story plotline. It's it's a little overplayed at this point. The animation looks nice, but so looking at Sony's lineup, what do you think? Because we know we know it's Disney. We know Disney's at our top, mm-hmm. and then we know that DreamWorks. I'm gonna say is right below them. DreamWorks is our second tier animation company at this uh, point. It depends on what you're what you're referring to because if you're referring to movies, DreamWorks would probably be further down the line because the you've got Disney Animation Studios, you've got uh, Pixar, and then you've got um, I thought there was like a third company, um, but I'm forgetting. But you've got a few different animation. So what I'm companies. saying is, who's at the bottom? Is it Sony or is it Illumination? I'm going to have to say Illumination because looking through Sony, it is definitely hit and miss, but their hits are really good. So Spider-Verse has a lot of good cred backing this whole studio up. Like, I mean, you heard that the the kid who plays or uh, the director of Spider-Man into Spider-Verse actually had to go to the hospital, right? No, I didn't hear that. Well, he hurt his back carrying all of Sony. That's Um, a Lego movie. Um. I thought it was Sony, too. Hang on. I don't know if this is true. Wait, have we been spending this whole time doing a shitty list? Do we have to start over again? I don't think so. That's what's really weird, because they talk about the people who made the Lego movie and Spider- Spider-Man Spider into the Spider-Verse. Um, I don't think that's, this is a good list. I think, you're, I think your list is compromised. But regardless, this is a... Um, I would actually have to say Illumination. But um, I will pull up that list real quick. No, I think we know it's just a bunch of minion movies. We we don't need to go there. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. Is like like give me the one good look through the list. Give me the one good Illumination movie. Give me anything that is even close to being Spider Verse tier. <clears throat> oh, 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 oh! Oh, there's so many bad ones. I I can't see the screen, but your face is contorting so hard. They're doing an untitled Mario film, or it's untitled right now, but they're doing a Mario movie. I mm, okay, so (laughs) very much put Illumination at the bottom because I'm just gonna read. I'm we're not gonna talk. I'm just gonna read their very first one: Despicable Me, Hop, The Lorax, Despicable Me Two, Minions, Secret Life of Pets, Sing. Despicable Me 3, The Grinch, The Secret Life of Pets 2. Aaron, you read that whole list, and I had my hand up to say, okay, here's where Despicable Me is on that list, and I'll see if anything gets above it. Not a single movie is better than the very first movie they ever made. (laughs) The next two upcoming films, 
Sing 2, which supposedly is being released this year, and Minions Rise of Gru. They're just... They're not, like... Oh, Illumination. You guys... Not since your first... That is a sophomore slump to outlast all sophomore slumps. Like, they they have some cool ideas. Like, Despicable Me was a cool idea. The Lorax tried. Um... Even like seeing was kind of fun. I like the Lorax in theaters. It was until later that I'm like, there's, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot it. of problems. And and even still, the Grinch, they tried, and the animation looks amazing, but that's about as far as that goes. So yeah, that's really funny. Um, so yeah, Illuminations at the bottom. Now our um. The uh, studio that we have been talking about before, uh, the same studio that did Long Way North. Um, oh, that's not the same studio, though. There's Cartoon Saloon, and then that's a different studio altogether. Cartoon would, Saloon is near the top. I would put Cartoon Saloon way up at the top. I'd put them at Disney tier. They haven't made a bad film yet. Would and you like me to look that up? No, no, no. Because that's not, that's not what we're talking about today. But I was, Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of getting into something right here. Well, how about this? I just think that it's really cool that Sony, uh, with a dip, managed to pull itself back out and i think that you tell me that there's a movie that got released that no one was really talking about from sony this one i did see only like one trailer for just the one and i was hooked immediately and when i saw it i said okay is this going to be a trailer where they put all the best stuff in the trailer or is it going to be something different good news everything the trailer happens like in the first 20 minutes and and none of it is plot related so you're just allowed to like have some fun with the jokes and then you can like get into the rest of the jokes uh before you even told me that uh lord and miller were associated with this like the wit was just so it was when the two robots, the two defective robots joined the group that I was yes. like, yeah. I'm so happy that they they were not shown because they easily could have been just like all of their jokes were in the trailer. Like, you could have. You could put that whole scene in the trailer and I would have died laughing. <laughs> this there, is my human face. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm making water with my eyes. <laughs> there is uh, there is one part that is revealed in the trailer that they try to build up for a moment and then they didn't. And that's the one thing I, I like I have a complaint about. But other than that, it's really it's really good. And you're right. They don't reveal that much in the trailer, which but they reveal enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, for me, honestly, I'm so glad that the like, quote unquote, perfect family was just like there. And then gone. And yeah, it wasn't. It's they weren't not like competing the, between each other. It's not like the Crudes movie. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like that was the whole thing. Um, Aaron, I was wondering if this movie about a road trip with a family that loves each other but can't really get along and is trying to learn to get along makes me think of any other beloved road trip movies in oh, your life. Oh, are you possibly referring to the 90s um, masterpiece, A Goofy Movie? I sure am, Aaron. Because you want to hear a little piece of trivia? Tell me. The car that the Mitchells drive is actually based on the car, uh, on a very specific uh, model. It's a gremlin, I want to say. I'm actually pulling that up. Yes, the Mitchells car is modeled after an AMC Pacer, not a gremlin. uh, The same car featured in such films as Wayne's World and a Goofy movie. That high nostalgia, that great cheese. Mm, Thank you for writing such beautiful family vehicles. Uh, yes, which brings me to my first, I think, positive in differentiation. I like a goofy movie 
I do like in the Mitchell. I'm sorry, you're trying to say that someone doesn't like a goofy movie, and they shall be hunted down, and their bloodline shall stop with them. I am saying that uh, Max is kind of just a dick for most of that film until he like learns to even even lying learns to get along with his father. And what I appreciate about this film is that even though she's lying about why she wants her dad to help them save the world, she isn't a pill about it and they're just <laughs> enjoying their time together. She's actually very real. Like she's very amenable. She has been living with this for so long that I, I could understand her just being like this sullen reclusive outcast, but she genuinely loves her family. And that's why I think the movie's good. It's not about two people. It's not about four people who hate each other and are trying to figure out how to get together again. It's we all do like each other. We all have our little quirks and that's what makes it cool. And that's what makes us a family. And I do like that she enjoys and engages with the family the entire way. And it's not that she doesn't appear to be part of the family. It's that she and her father just don't get where each other is coming from. And, and that's very similar to a Goofy movie. Um, allow me to brag on that movie just a little bit. Um, a Goofy movie is, yes, it's very much steeped in the 90s. The the angst, the, oh, you just don't understand, Dad. It's not a phase. Uh, it is very much steeped in that. But it, in the time frame that it was made, it was actually very well thought about because, yeah, he can be a dick or a pill uh, about his dad, but essentially his dad does things without really forethought you know max is the logical one and goofy is the emotional one and um when they you know confront each other on these situations especially like when they the car is careening off of a cliff and they're bouncing along with it um they, they have some really good conversations and like you know i i just want to live my own life and then goofy's like yeah and i want to be a part of it and like that is the most real goofy has ever been and it's so heart-wrenching and like max realizes how much of a dick he actually has been and grows up in that moment um with mitchell's versus the machines yes they start at a different level on each each end but i believe the way that they come to understand each other um katie and her dad not bob rick um (laughs) how Katie and Rick come to understand each other is a lot more set in realism. Goofy is goofy. And then Max is almost borderline stereotypical teenager for that time. But it it makes sense because he's had to live with a dad who's over the top, whether he means to be or not. And so he wants to just be cool. So he kind of has to find that middle ground. Whereas his Katie wants to be, different she wants to make these movies she wants to just be fun and rick wants to understand and he he uh i don't even know if it's that like the way they play it i don't think he does understand and i think by the end he still doesn't understand but he does trust her yes i that that's a great way to put that list um it's it's and it's tough when you know it's really, really tough, um, and I've kind of noticed this. Um, I don't have any siblings. I don't know who doesn't know that yet, but I'm still informing. Um, I don't have any siblings, so I kind of grew up with some cousins that I was kind of close with. Uh, and looking back to when they were kids and when I was a kid and how we are as adults, we're completely different people. But there are, there are certain times in people's lives when you do change. Liz and I didn't necessarily go through that. We didn't rebel. We didn't go through that big change, but... 
we've had small changes here and there that have thrown people off. Um, and when parents, uh, especially in, you know, media or movies or TV show, uh, are forced to realize that their child is changing from what they knew, they're growing up, it, it does take a lot of adjustment. And, you know, the, the worst parents aren't able to adjust with them. You know, it, it's a difference between, um, like, I just don't understand you and fighting and I don't understand you help me to understand. So I, I agree. Um, I think Rick is hard. He, he doesn't know how to adjust, but by the end of the movie, he learns where to adjust and it's not easy. I mean, I'm not a parent and I, I have not dealt with teenagers, but I can understand them because I'm not, I'm well, I am far removed from them as more than I may think, but I like to think that, you know, I'm hip, I'm, I'm cool. No, I'm not. Not even close. For me, the relatable characters in this are the mom and the brother trying to be the peacekeeper. Oh, my God. And father, yeah. I understand and respect your wisdom. Just <laughs> giving them cue cards behind the scenes, like... Talk to each other. Make it work. No kiss. No kiss. I, I do like that it's not just the mother or it's not just the brother. It's both of them working together because they want this family to stay together. And, you know, Katie is similar to Max where she wants to kind of leave everything behind. But I think she wants to leave everything behind because she doesn't feel accepted or um, understood. Even by her mom, who's very accepting and very understanding She's still a little clueless. I mean, you can try your hardest and still fail. That's just what makes you human. They even work in a storyline for her about how she's constantly comparing herself to this yeah. perfect family and realizing that she shouldn't be doing that. Not in the slightest, because she's awesome. She Especially at the end. I'm not gonna reveal that Just comparing herself to John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Like, no I one needs that. I loved that it was those two, um, even with Christy Teigen now being in some hot water. Um, we can't have nice things anymore, You can't people. have nice things. I did like that it was a real-life couple, and I do really like John Legend, so it's really funny to see that they're just randomly in this movie. I understand and respect your wisdom. I love you all. <laughs> just very, Butterfly formation! Very sweet. I And I even love that they aren't, like, that is who they are. That isn't even a facade they're putting on. They just Yeah, it's not like a, a mask or an influencer, you know, disguise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I do appreciate the the themes that they're putting forth. Like, you know, not one person in this movie is perfect. You know, the the whole story of the robots taking over, we haven't even touched on that yet. The yeah, whole... well, the emotional drama, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to say it takes us until the end of the world to finally have a conversation with each other. But I think that's pretty much the whole impetus for the film. Like, what would make them have to get along and work together? I really feel like the the whole premise of this movie was someone was like, it's not the end of the world, Dad. Unless it is. Unless it is. <laughs> so I thought that uh, I do, I, when I kind of realized that about 25 minutes in, I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, before we go too much farther, shall we head into the sponsor dome? Let's. Uh, two sponsors enter. One sponsor leaves. Uh, our reigning champion, as always, is Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started. 
Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, podcasters, and entertainers. Liz, what book are we recommending today? Uh, today we are recommending a book that I just read last week. I'm still on my goal for 52 books in 52 weeks. I'm going to make it, even if one of those weeks it's a graphic novel. <laughs> and it still counts, My as my librarian friend tells me. It still counts, even if it's a graphic novel. Uh, so I'm going to recommend to you guys this week The Empress of Salt and Fortune by Ning Vo. Am I saying that correct, Aaron? I think you are. Uh, we we looked up pronunciation uh, to try to come close, and I think you did come close. Could you spell it for me, please? Uh, N-G-H-I-V-O. Okay, excellent. Um, the Empress of Salt and Fortune is a novella, uh, the second from this particular author. And I really liked it because, one, it's slim enough that I could fit in my back pocket. Two, uh, small enough that I could read the whole thing very quickly and still feel like I've enjoyed it. And three, it was really cool to see a fantasy take outside of my own narrow European fantasy lifestyle. I think we've all read enough J.R.L. Tolkien's. We need to get, like, some different blood in the mix. Uh, we even just read uh, some comic books the other day about uh, the Monkey Prince based on, oh, uh, Aaron... Journey to the West. Thank you, because I was confusing with East of the Sun and West of the Moon. The minute you <laughs> introduce, that's always where I go when I get directions. <laughs> um, fun fact about that uh, mythology, or rather stories based on the mythology... Originally, um, Dragon Ball Z was based on that. Yeah. Or not Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so The Empress of Salt and Fortune is a, a small novella uh, about a woman who is kind of, uh, a, a person who is kind of like, um, oh, they call them clerics, but they're more like librarians gathering information and cataloging to be saved and stored for future generations. Arriving at this, one of those... When the king goes on a trip to, like, the hunting lodge in the middle of the woods, he's, like, he's getting away to his summer palace, or he's going... Oh, yeah, there's a name for it. I was going to say pilgrimage, but that's something else. Something different, yeah. Uh, So, uh, it's the uh, cleric's job to get to this city in time for the eclipse. And on the way, she runs into this place, like, this is the perfect time to do it. No one else is here. It's the perfect time to, like, go in there and catalog and see what's going on. And she runs into an old woman in there who basically tells the cleric the story of how this uh, the empress of Salt and Fortune came to be the empress. Uh, not even her, but her mother. And her story of being in the palace and the woman who came to rule with such authority. How she came from nothing to everything. Uh, it's densely packed, fiercely emotionally intelligent... And full of amazing twists and turns that you don't even see coming until the end. And I was I was smacked in the head. Uh, not since the grace year have I had like a oh sort of reaction to it. And I don't know <laughs> I don't know if it's mu- like I don't even know what it is. But there's something about and if you read both of those, you'll know exactly the theme I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it here, but these themes are so hitting me in the feels right now. Uh, especially with it being a PI month, I highly recommend that you check out this book. Um, it was not that long to read, so I can't imagine it's that long to listen to. Um, no, no, it's only like two hours long. Done. Uh, take a or two and a half hours, but um, it's actually. Uh, did you know that it was book one? Book one of what? Um, at least two so far. Oh, that's so cool! No, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, book one uh, of the Singing Hills cycle 
um, was released, uh, and this is the Empress of Salt and Fortune, uh, was released in uh, July, uh, July 31st last year. Okay. And then uh, book two was actually released in December. Oh, man. Oh, I've got to get it now. When That's... the tiger came down the mountains. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I saw that in her bio. I thought that was a book she'd written first, not most recently. Okay. So now I have something else to add to the reading list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. So, yeah, if you want to do the first book of Empress of Salt and Fortune, or if you've already read it and you want to listen to the second one, When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain by Nivo. Um, God, I sounded so white saying that. Um <laughs> You guys can get uh, either one uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. You can download it and have a 30-day trial membership. Um, now, Aaron, for our challenger today, I'm going to insist that you step away from the mic and, and let Mad Jack come in. Oh, all right. Um, are you ready? Yes, I think I could be ready. No? Are, are you sure? I don't want to put you out. Yes, yes. Just move already. Oh, hello, people. Mad Jack, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, I thought I could take time out of defending Her Royal Majesty's Navy, or Marines. Oh, wonderful. I, I'm so glad you could make time for us, uh, because we hear something very exciting is coming up in a couple of weeks, and we'd love to hear more about it, wouldn't we, Aaron? Yeah, I uh, I think it could be fun. Shush you, I need no lip from you at all. Yes, there is something exciting coming up Qu quite soon. The last two weekends of May are going to be the Tennessee Pirate Festival, where you will be transported into the town of Barbataria. Oh, well, uh, that's that's fantastic. Are, uh, are, are costumes optional or mandatory? Well, if you want to look like a dirty pirate, I suppose it could be mandatory, but they are, in fact, optional. And tickets are $17 for adults and less for children. <laughs> How much less? Joe? Oh, an arm and a leg less. I don't know. What are you going for? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Magic. I know that your, your, your sense of humor is a bit, um, shall we say, uh, rough around the edges. I've never been accused of having a sense of humor, no. <laughs> but you can find out more information by visiting their Facebook page, something on this weird thing called a computer or you can go to tmfair.com and that's f-a-i-r-e dot com oh so the, the the fancy spelling yes the fancy spelling as you americans call it <laughs> yes you can come see um a lot of different vendors some food is going to be there as well we will have music mermaids and fighting which i personally love uh, I did get a chance to see some of your uh, moves earlier. I really wish you hadn't uh, gotten that close to Aaron with the sword. You, you know how uh, how clumsy he can be. Yeah, I need stitches, you jerk. Oh, shush you. If you'd really been stabbed, you wouldn't be standing. Or, well, I guess you aren't standing. It looks like you're sitting. Yeah, did you have to well, put your feet kneeling... up on him? You, you, I mean, you didn't have to use him as a footstool. Well, you don't. You didn't provide me one, so I naturally oh, assumed. I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. Well, we actually do need to continue with the podcast, so... Yes, yes, go along with your little talking at each other and recording it. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people watch it. Hey, hey, get out of my chair. Oh, fine, I'll be going now. Jeez, who was that guy? Uh, well, I think we'll have to go to the Pirate Fest at the last weekends of May to figure out more about him. Yeah, you know, I guess he said uh, tmfair.com, and uh, you can check out their Facebook page for more information, or something along those lines. 
But getting back into the Mitchells versus the Machines. All right. So we are going to go into spoiler territory now. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, I definitely recommend it. Uh, I think that it's been just so nice to see films still. And we, we could be seeing films in theaters. Uh, Venom was very clear that there would be no streaming. You can <laughs> in theaters only... Only. only like you remember back when they used to do that like you're only able to see this in theaters like don't wait on it it's only here for a limited time and and then we're like well no because dvds exist and now streaming exists it's all available uh but it's there is a bit of like that edge to it now like you will come back to the theaters and you, so help me so God. help me we waited a whole year for you get back here right now and uh even like the fast and the furious crew are making big commercials about Oh, we're so glad our family's coming back to the movies. Family. Family, because we're a family. You need to drive back to the theater, back to the family. <laughs> uh, so it's still, however, been really nice to see films that I don't think would get releases in theaters. Like, I'm not even sure if they would have put The Mitchells versus The Machines in theaters. Um, I don't know. It's It's hard to say, but I do like that streaming services exist so we can see stuff and content that may not have made it into a wide release. I don't think people would have been like on it as much as they are now. And it's been really highly reviewed. Um, there are a couple of things that people like talk about that I think we should talk about now that we're in spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not like a ton. Um, there's one scene I do want to kind of mention, but I don't really want to get into because I want to, want really people just to experience it themselves or just like you know we can geek out about it for a second but um i do i do have to say i just read this and i don't think this is in here whenever we watch it the other day um so there's a lot of fun things that happen in this movie uh, a lot of great voice acting um abby oh crap i forgot her name um this is great. Abby Jacobson, which we've listened to uh, do Disenchanted. She's been on a couple other shows as well, but that's where Liz and I know her from specifically. Um, Eric Andre is in this. Uh, who He is hilarious. I really want to watch that movie that he just released on Netflix. Uh, the hidden camera road trip movie that he did. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard some stories where like one of the first things they shot with this dude he basically pulled a knife on them and was like, get the fuck out of my face. And like, they're like, Oh, oh my God, dude, we're just filming. We're just filming. Like, oh, y'all filming. Yeah. I'll sign away my rights. It's like, Oh, it was hilarious. Wow. Um, but of course we talked about not in legend and Chrissy Teigen and, you know, that's not a great situation right now. And I don't know if it's going to get any better, but you also have like, um, Oh, crap. I just forgot his name. You know what? I'm looking in the wrong section. Well, we uh, Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph, two hilarious actors. I adore Maya Rudolph. She's one of the best parts of the Christmas Story live Broadway mu musical. Um, and Danny McBride is hilarious as well. I don't care for like his Southbound and Down series, um, but there's a lot of other things that he's done that I really like. Um, Fred Armisen is in it. Beck Bennett. Does that name sound familiar? Well, I only know one Beck, so if it's that Beck... It is not that Beck. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, Beck Bennett. Uh, he was an SNL performer for a long time. I don't think he's still on there. Uh, but you would know him specifically as Launchpad McQuack. Oh my gosh, yes, I can hear it now. Yeah, exactly. He said a couple things. I'm like, that's Launchpad. <laughs> um, and, of course, you have some fun um, people kind of thrown some in there. Some cameos. Yeah. Um, actually, the dog is voiced by Doug the Pug, an internet celebrity. <laughs> so he's oh, I was wondering. Voiced. Um, and then Conan O'Brien appears at one point. Blake Griffin is randomly in it. 
um, Charlene Yee, I want to say she's someone specifically, but um, there's just there's a lot of great voice acting in this. Something I just read. Uh, so the whole thing is that the robots take over the world and enslave humans, or really, and capture humans. Uh, <laughs> The building that they are located in, does it look familiar at all? It looks like the Verizon checkmark is what it looks like. That's where they store all the humans. Okay. No, the actual building where like you have to drive off it and everything. Does it look no? Does it look familiar? Does it look like a gaming console that came out recently? Oh fun. Because it's a Sony movie. It looks like the Sony PS5. Boy, you know, they are on top of that brand loyalty, aren't they? What you got? I knew it. I knew it. I've seen her in other things, but you specifically are gonna know uh, the voice of the the Paisley's daughter. Yes, uh, the one that likes dinosaurs as well. And her voice sound familiar at all? No, she was Ruby. Oh, from Steven Universe. Oh, how fun! Oh, that's so sweet. She has such a sweet voice. She does. Um, Aaron, there's something about this movie. Like, here's here's. So you've already mentioned that the robots go to not enslave humanity, just get them off the planet. Um, one thing I do like is that the villain is just a straight-up petty villain. It's not like the singularity where AI evolved to realize we don't need humanity anymore, and they're a blight upon the world. They're like, like, no, I don't care. Like, I just, I just am really mad at you, like, touching my face all the time and then tossing me aside, so I'm getting rid of all of you. Yeah, like, the joke with the poke, poke, swipe, swipe, you know, all that, that's... It's funny, but it was already pretty dated. So that's what I want to talk to you about. The message in this film, do we think it's overplayed or just the correct amount? I don't think the message is about the phones or the reliance on technology. That's why I want to talk to you about it, because I don't think it's saying that technology is a disease and it'd be better if we all left it behind. I don't think that's what they're saying at all. No, in fact, I think... The movie is very clear with Katie saying that this is how I experience the world. I'm not hiding behind it. I'm experiencing it this way. Yeah, like... Um, I used to bring, sorry, um, I used to bring my uh, camera um, everywhere because I took photo upon photo upon photo. And then I realized that I wasn't really experiencing what I was taking photos of. I was just capturing those moments. And, and that's perfectly fine. But I, that's, I stopped after I realized that because as much as I love taking photos, I wasn't really involved with that particular moment. And I'm not saying that against any photographers who do that or against anything. I still really like taking photographs, but I have to kind of remove myself from the situation a little bit when I do that. So that way I know what I'm doing. I've gotten really into not filming things when they're happening in front of me. One, I never remember my camera fast enough, so it's a waste of time anyway. <laughs> Same. But two, I know that no one's going to want to watch this particular thing but me, so why don't I just watch it right now with my own human eyes? Uh, but I'm not, again, I'm not knocking technology. I think the message is pretty cool that technology can be a cool thing. It can be really neat. It can be useful, and it can be awesome and creative. And I think the better message is when our... Uh, Steve Jobs stand and says, huh, it's almost like we shouldn't have signed away our rights and privacy to a a capitalistic, megalomaniacal tech company. Like, that's the message. Yes. And that's what we should be worried about. Don't worry about the nanobots and the vaccines, guys. You have a phone in your pocket. They know where you are and everything you do already a million times a minute. So, like, 
get off your high horse. <laughs> it's in, um, and I agree because, and I think there's also a, a kind of a subtle message about the how quickly technology advances and replaces because there was nothing wrong with pal there was nothing wrong with these phones that were coming out but why did this creator feel like he needed to have a uh, a freaking robot that you know is a smart robot essentially like your google home but movable with legs, yeah. but with legs <laughs> Um, there's, there's no, See, this is why I don't want us getting rid of our electronics every two years. They're going to come I, back for us. And, and that's, and that's part of the problem is because of the consumption rate that we have now become accustomed to. Yeah. It, it does make sense that we are replacing phones every two years or, um, or computers every five years because they're not built to last like they used to be because there are some pcs from the 90s that you could boot up now you couldn't do much with it but you could still boot it up my pikachu n64 still works perfectly exactly whereas as you have like brand new joy con controllers for the switch that drift immediately yeah i love this idea like I, th I think the jokes are fun and i think when they make the funny jokes about like free wi-fi oh yeah we'll get in the pods to our death um i like it because it's you'll have over. no escape no food nothing but you'll have free, free, free wi-fi oh that's nice i do like that because it's over the top and it's not in a way that someone's like oh they're just being old fuddy-duddies about <laughs> technology i think the movie is really pro just because katie has used it to expand her horizons and show off her weirdness and they end up using that creativity to actually break free so i i do agree with that um i don't know why whenever i say that it sounds like i didn't and then like i convinced myself even <laughs> though the you're way. the one who actually convinced me to begin with <laughs> Well, how about we talk about the two awesome action set pieces of this film? Because there are two, and I know that we got to talk about them. First is the mall scene. The mall scene in its entirety, I think, is good. I, I thought it was only going to be Furbies, and I'm glad that it wasn't. It led for better jokes. When and it, the Roombas fell down the escalator, that, Oh, I, I think that died. was the moment. That was the moment. I'm like, I'm into this movie. What was the one? What was the joke that got made? Yes, um, Pal is talking to the screen about her maniacal plan, and nothing will get in my way. Oh, my God. And behind her, behind her, out of frame, out of sight, is just a robot sitting in the background who turns, looks at her, looks away, looks back. And just puts a quick thumbs up, and then the scene's gone. Like he knew that the camera was <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. I that. Oh my god! I busted a gut laughing at that. That was hilarious, and it was just so random. And like jokes like that, that are they're almost self aware, and they're just really out of nowhere, out of left field. Those are some of the best jokes. Like <laughs> I, I will always laugh at this joke uh, in Barnyard. Uh, the, uh, a character passes away, so they're they're talking about who's going to replace him and this and that. And uh, at one point, the dog, who's always been kind of full of bravado and everything like that, he's like, "Well, I should be because I'm a guard dog." And uh, this old mule, played by Danny Glover, goes, "Really? You're a guard dog?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm a guard dog." And he goes, "Huh?" And then takes out a ball, and the guitar goes, "No." I don't need it. And he throws it. And he goes, gets it. He's like, okay, that's one thing. And then the mule pulls out a jar of peanut butter and a spoon and gives it to the dog. And he's like, okay, that's a very good point. And it was just like, I cried. I sweared. Of course, I was a little sick at the time. So that may have played into it, but I cried laughing at that. And this was a very similar scene. It's just the robot going, uh, 
Uh, the Furbies speaking in Furbish, but it being subtitled, Death to my enemies, my darkness shall be inevitable. The, the twilight of man has begun. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, God. So good. Like, that's what the spoilers are. It's not about the story. It's just that we're going to spoil all the good jokes for you. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, honestly, the best action set piece. The mom... Thing to Ti and Rihanna's "Live Your Life," which was oh no, my, I'm talking about just the mom. You're talking about the girl. My, the whole thing. My my playlist of my high school was that song, so that was part which of is my hilarious childhood. because you wouldn't know about it if it wasn't an internet sensation because of the Maya He kid. Yeah, and I didn't even know that was why it was popular. I just knew it was popular, and so I downloaded it. I remember you downloaded it. I'm like, holy shit! Why do you like this? Oh, this is not the same song. It's Rihanna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this kid saying that it is a. It's the Numa Numa kid. Yes, it is the Numa Numa kid. He, uh, it's like a Danish or some European country song. That's why it's in a different language. It's not just random words. It's actually lyrics. But this kid saying it for his friends, and one of his friends is like, "Hey, I'm gonna put this up on YouTube." The kid's like, "Oh yeah, fine, whatever." Oh, he was the first, like one of the first YouTube internet sensations. He wasn't the first, but he was certainly one of the earliest. I want to say within the first ten. So that was so cool. Again, another little nod to creator culture. Exactly. I know all these little things coming together in a way that they bond. And yes. The mom is dope as balls. She she loses it and she goes into this mom rage, which can be looked at, at be, as being a little sexist. But for me, I think it's that this very kind and giving person is pushed to her limit. And this first grade teacher, no doubt she would know exactly how to take care of some fools. Oh, yeah. God. She was so kick-ass. Um, but yeah, I love the dance sequence, fight sequence at the end. That was really, really good um, between uh, Rick and uh, Katie. Oh, so much fun. Oh, I love that whole end sequence. Uh, again, I do I do love Moochie coming in at the very end to and save like, the day. And tries to help, isn't able to, but still helps. Uh, the gold stars everywhere. Uh, like, there's... Oh, Please put me down on the table. I would like to flip around in a in a blind rage. <laughs> so you understand um, the voice actress for Pal. Her name is Olivia Coleman. I, I love this. Can I say I love the like warm mumsy sort of like attitude she brings to it. So there's going to be a lot of people who understand or not for us, but there's going to be a lot of people who recognize that name because she is an Oscar winning actress, a, a recent Oscar winning actress. She has some amazing dramatic roles. She did a show uh, with David Tennant post um, Doctor Who, David Tennant. So he was kind of diving a little bit more into his dramatic stuff. He, he She was also in The Lobster. Um, Whoa, really? Yeah, she played the hotel manager. <gasps> so, Guys, have you not, like, The Lobster will fuck you up, fam. Yeah, that's, that is a, oh, yeah. It, it was, that's what, I think that was our first, like, indie movie that we went to go see like, maybe for you i well i recommend it because i'm like this looks like i love the premise of it ends with all indie films the premise is awesome and they just kind of forget about it to do some human drama i'm like but go back to the animals being humans being animals again that was it was such an interesting concept and it just kind of like goes away from it at a certain point so uh, the <laughs> the uh <laughs> come on give it to me so where I knew her from, and where maybe a lot of people knew her from, I'm sure she's done other things specifically, but she was in Hot Fuzz. 
And her character is hilarious. She's not in it that much, but she's certainly memorable because of her voice. Entirely different than what you hear in Pal. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to convince Liz, so if you as a listener have any other reasons why she should watch the uh, Cornetto trilogy. I already watched the first one. And no, I... you said you never watched it. Shaun of the Dead? We watched it together. I said it. So, oh, I, did, I definitely so did not watch that with you. That's my first horror film. You say I don't watch horror films. I picked and we did watch Shaun of the Dead. I think you watched it with maybe Sam and Ryan. I, I don't remember watching it with you. I've only seen it like twice. Okay. So, but I would like to watch the Cornetto uh, trilogy going with Liz. through the records. Like, no, not this one. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we can get rid of this one. Go ahead. So, like, that one gets kind of bleak. Hot Fuzz is the best of the three, without a doubt. It's huh fucking hilarious but yes those are some of our uh, favorite set pieces if you can let us in the comments below what some of your were and if you have any suggestions on future movies beyond say like the cornetto trilogy or tv shows or any kind of properties that you want us to check out uh shoot us a message or an email married to the idea reviews at gmail.com cool any other final words Liz? yeah um i personally really enjoyed this film and i think what hit it for me is because halfway through I figured out what the big emotional like moment was going to be, what's going to make like Katie realize like what's going on, like who would give up their dreams? Like your dreams the most important thing. Like that's what you should do always. And as with a lot of our really good movies that we've enjoyed recently, uh Inside Out being about oh how we need to actually embrace and have sadness be an important part of our lives, can't be happy all the time. So too in this one that yes, Pursuing your dreams is super important. Please go for it. But your dreams are going to change. Yeah. And and you make adjustments for your family. And I think that's such not a... Not even making it just, just realizing you have a, a, a new calling. Like there's something else. I something mean, else that's maybe more important. And, yeah. and it's not that your dreams aren't important because they are. But again, I'm going to say it again. You adjust for it. Um, yeah, I... You don't need my validation, but I think that's a really good point. You know, I think that's the theme of the show now. (laughs) (laughs) Liz doesn't need Aaron's validation, but he still agrees. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Like I said, if you have any suggestions, let us know. Uh, Be sure to go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to download a uh, free title and to get that 30-day trial membership. And if you enjoy what you hear, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash married to the idea. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Be safe out there, and we will see you next time. And as always, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And and we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea.